Jibber jabber. Jibber jabber. And, and we're back. back. <laughs> <laughs> I love a good reference that nobody understands. Love a good reference that only a few people actually get. For being such a cold open, this opening is fire. No, it's cold because, you know, it's ignoring people who don't understand the reference. It's being cold. Cold shoulder. I see. Hi, I'm Heidi, and I had time to think of a fact because of a flub. I like playing the ukulele, but only in the concert size. And I'm Rory, and I'm learning guitar. We're pretty obsessed with books and movies and music, and every episode we talk about ones that we enjoy. Be warned, there are spoilers ahead. All involved. Ryan Gaddis. Uh. <laughs> He's a very nice man, and his books are not so. nice. <laughs> But good. They are very good. Such good. Oh my goodness. So, uh. Alan Valve, here's the setup. We could read the entire facts page. Yep. Can you do that? Sure. At 3.15 p.m. on April 29th, 1992, a jury acquitted Los Angeles Police Department officers Theodore Brizeno and Timothy Wind, as well as Sergeant Stacy Kuhn of Excessive Force used to subdue civilian Rodney King. The jury failed to reach a verdict on the same charge against Officer Lawrence Powell. At roughly 5 p.m., riots began. began. <laughs> they lasted six days, finally ending on Monday, May 4th, after 10,904 arrests had been made, over 2,383 people had been injured, 11,011... 11,113 fires had burned, and more than $1 billion worth of property damage was sustained. In addition, 60 deaths were attributed to rioting, but this number fails to account for murder victims who died outside active rioting sites during those six days of curfews and little to no emergency assistance. As LAPD Chief Daryl Gates himself said on the first night, there are going to be situations where people are going to be without assistance. That's just the facts of life. There are not enough of us to be everywhere. It is possible, and even likely, that a number of victims not designated as riot-related riot were actually the targets of a sinister combination of opportunity and circumstance. As it happened, nearly 121 hours of lawlessness in a city of close to 3.6 million people contained within an account a county of 9.15 million was a long time for scores to be settled. This is about some of them. <laughs> that was a long <laughs> intro. You are so much better at reading out loud than I am currently on long stuff because you're in school still. <laughs> <laughs> that is one nice thing about grad school. You don't have to read out loud. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's great. Well, very often, just to prove your point. And if you're reading out loud to prove a point, you have a reason to read it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. All involved is uh, 17 first-person narrators. About yeah yeah straight through the straight through the riot so it's like day one day two day three day four day five day six and it's so <laughs> cool all of them are really cool oh it's so good it's one of the only books I've read set in the present tense where I am really caught up in it too yeah. like present tense is hard to write in yeah just in general so go Ryan yay so good and all the different voices and people are so good <laughs> like. Even if you don't like the person, you're like, ah, yes, that is, in fact, a different person, not the same one I just read. Yeah, it's really impressive, too, that he does that with so many people who could kind of 
be washed together. Like several people from the yeah. same gang. The same exact gang. Like they're in a room together and like the chapter ends and the next time you see them, they're still in the same room, but it's like the next morning and it's yeah. a new narrator and you're like, this voice is completely different. Yeah. Like the, I think it's Paisa Little Moscow Big Fate. Yeah. And when it gets to Big Fate, it's like, this guy sounds nothing like the first two. Yeah. Of the gang members. Sounds nothing like the first two and not at all what I thought it would be, but I love him. Love him. He's great. <laughs> I love him. Uh, this will be the explicit episode, everyone, because all involved is extremely explicit and there's absolutely no way for us to dodge it. Carry forth. <laughs> Carry forth. I found a Paisa quote I love so much. Ooh, do tell. But it's Paisa since I've been all involved. That's the polite way of saying I'm into some gangster shit. <laughs> Calling me miss, though? Ha. If my stomach wasn't fighting itself, I might even think that was cute. Even now, in the heat of whatever, respect is necessary. Around here, that stuff isn't courtesy, it's currency. That stuff isn't courtesy, it's currency. What, a, what a quote. Ugh. Yeah, no, that's that's just great. And actually, the first day mm-hmm. is the same family. Oh, yeah, you're right. They they have the entire first day. It goes big brother. And it goes down by age, yeah. which I just realized. Yeah. Because I think Moscow's younger than Paisa. Yeah. Um, yeah, because it's little brother. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's little Moscow because there was a big Moscow. Rest in peace. <laughs> Rest in peace. Yeah. There's, I love those parts in this book that is just like a little in parentheses. Rest in peace. And it was just <laughs> like, oh, well, okay. Oh, okay. Oh. Speaking of the little brother, he has perhaps my favorite uh, out-of-context quote in the book. Ooh, do tell. All right. So he's he's in someone else's house delivering drugs, and the mom is talking to the son. She doesn't even get to finish her sentence before he turns bright red and shouts, Shut the fuck up, mom. God, I heard you the first 32 times. He's not even looking at her. He's focused on the TV. But me? I'm dying inside, man. All mortified and shit. I'd never say that to my mom. Fucking white people are crazy, I swear. (laughs) (laughs) I love that quote. And I'm like, fucking white people are crazy, I swear. This is a gangster who's definitely killed people and, like, goes crazy. Like, Moscow's known for going off the rails. Yeah. And here he is. I would never say that to my mom. (laughs) White people are crazy. (laughs) And I'm like, I feel you, man. I know. I read that part and I'm just like, oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. Boy. That is one thing you will not enjoy about college is uh, seeing certain types of children in the grocery store talking to their parents and like everyone in the room being okay with it as opposed to here where like all the people, you can feel that's that's how you find the comma in a discount in the room. Yeah. Is you just feel all these heads turn to the one kid that's not from around here and everyone's like, that what is your doing? mother. That, that is, is your mother, mother you are talking to. Man, the cashier is going to smack you if you're not careful. Yeah. She'll pull off her slipper. Yeah. For real. Oh. That's what I keep the slippers on for. Yeah. For smacks. Anyway. All involved is great. Okay, so... Here's one of many great, great, like, descriptions of either pain or violence or something. Which, by the way, so many great ones. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. That whole first first person is just... Yeah. Ernesto's fantastic. Also, side note, since I'm reading uh, one of his earlier books, Mm -hmm. he's gotten, like, each book is better at pain. Like... The first one, it, or the first one I'm reading right now is Kung Fu High School, and it's it's a little more extreme, 
in the sense that like yeah it's harder to imagine all involved it's like i've not been stabbed but he does such a good job of describing what a stabbing feels like that i'm like oh i'm in the moment with the person getting stabbed it also helps that it's present tense sorry to interrupt yeah no that's true but um okay so this is like a like a threat but Pour lie down their throats all slow through a funnel and leave them to die on the railroad tracks, burning from the inside out. What a great threat. What a great... Wow. Ooh, so this is a spoiler um, from the middle of the book, and it's uh, clever, or as he's also known, Sherlock Homeboy. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, I love him! Clever is so much. great. Oh. Um, and he's talking about how Big Fate traded Little Moscow... Um, and that everyone kind of figures out that he's dead, uh-huh. even though it's never going to come out. Yeah. I just, I love his description of it because it's such a good insight. Nobody's asking me, but I'm okay with little, Mo- with little Moscow going. I'm not saying I'm good with it, but I'm okay. He was too out of control to the point where you couldn't always count on him, even though that, but even though that's true, I know the only reason it would ever happen is if it was an us or him type of situation, a trade almost like in baseball, you send one guy and get another in return. Fate gives the big homies Little Moscow, and we get to keep Fate, or the other scenario is we trade Little Moscow, and the whole clique gets to stay alive. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, hey. Also, the fact that Gaddis got us into a book where uh, one clique's leader's name is Big Fate, and the other one's name is Trouble, and so there's a battle of literally Trouble versus Fate. I love it. Oh my gosh. Just wow. Sometimes I'm just like, Gaddis, your MFA is showing. Because <laughs> <laughs> that is not, that is such a, that is such an MFA move. Like to go from oldest brother to youngest brother on the first day. It's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. This one. This one is a quote. Uh, this guy calls this girl who um, he Somebody that I used to know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's uh someone he like still likes. I stare at the receiver for a second. I know she hung up, but my heart, my heart don't know it yet. It's still running, still thumping up happy because of her voice, still trying to explain. But my brain tells it to shut the fuck up because I burn that bridge, and my heart runs smack into a brick wall as I hang up and feed the phone another quarter. Wow. My heart smack. My heart runs smack into a brick wall. What a Oof. what a mood. Mikey Rivera talking about Fate's Click. Cuz the great thing about this book is since there's so many narrators, sometimes you you get to see people you've already met before from someone yeah. else's perspective. And so there's this great moment where you meet this really tough junkie who's a like he can break into anything and he's super hardcore and he's he sleeps with this girl and tricks her and burns down the house and then we meet him through the eyes of a nurse who's like this kid is 19 he thinks he can pull this smooth nonsense on me this kid is stupid like okay little boy sit down Um, down. so yeah but this is the the click fate's click in the eyes of mikey rivera Lately, I've been trying to keep my eyes open for stories, and I decide there has to be a good one how those four ended up at their table looking like that. Yeah. I love that. Ooh. I just love this description. Uh, Momo, I think it is. Yeah, it's Momo. And uh, his like little descriptions are kind of great. Mm-hmm. But 
I smile because it feels like the bottom parts of my lungs crinkle up when he says that. <laughs> oh, Momo's great. Wow. Momo's this fantastic. I love him so much. Ooh. Ooh, this. Okay. After, I kind of pack up what memories I have of Joker inside me right then because it's time to do work. Like I could open my ribs up and put it away and cl- and close them on it and fasten it down. Wow. That what is a great. excellent. What a great. A completely different tack. Ernesto Vera. Oh. I may not know much, but I'm pretty sure they don't have avocados in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, he's talking about uh, California rolls. Yeah. And it's so good. It's this whole book is like it. It's so well done for getting people's ages right. Yeah. Like y- you don't sort of get this cowboy heroism for the gangsters but you also see how like the law enforcement can be trash yeah um there's varying degrees of good and bad and some of the kids in the gang feel younger than others like there's yeah. a great line i don't remember who says it that's like fate's 25 and to last that long you have to know everything and it's like oh man oh boy um you know they're they're kids but they're also not children and to kind of walk that line yeah. That's that's amazing. So good. Yeah, I also like the um what you call it? Uh There's this one kid they call him Watcher. Mm-hmm. Like he gets his name in this book, but uh all of his section is just one long paragraph. Like a kid would write it. It's kind of yeah, it's kind of cool. And he also doesn't quite use the cusses right yeah. because he's a kid. Like he's using them the way you use cusses if you want to work as many in as you can. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of like, that's the polite way of saying I'm into some gangster shit. Yeah. Which is a uh, much more, much more uh, professional. Mm-hmm. Ooh, here's one. Swift is mercy. Yep. Ooh. Oh, I love this one. Oh, I love this one. Okay. Uh, this guy's looking at um, someone and they're waiting in a car. And he's an artist, for reference. And so he's looking at her and he says, I never really fucked with watercolors before, but seeing how the night sky looks kind of wet even when it's not, I want to try. Because the way that black is all soft around Payase's face and the way yellow... And the way yellows from street lamps hit her nose and profile, it's real nice. <laughs> I like that one. Oh, that one's good. It's so pretty. It's so pretty and like <laughs> just funny because like he's what a like he's a gangster mm-hmm. and he's just like, you know, I never fucked with watercolors before, but like right now, it's real nice. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I understand why people want to. It's Apache, yeah. Yeah, because my next is actually Apache as well. <laughs> Um, she tucks her chin down kind of and frowns at that and that's how I know I called it right before she actually wants it to be over Lowell Moscow never would have been like that he would have wanted war for a long time any and every opportunity to get wild he would have loved it Paisa though, she doesn't she just stepped up and did what she had to do when she had to do it and I'm mm. like pa, everybody's so sweet and also so scary and dangerous oh. <laughs> so scary Oh yeah, I also like when she's when he's kind of calling her out, mm-hmm. and he's using this nickname that he's used for a while, and he just 
But right now, I need her stupid 16-year-old ass to listen, so I use it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's also, in like the middle, between all of you know, the gangster, mem- the gangsters and members of, of different organizations and stuff, there's like a few narrators that are totally off, off that. So there's yeah. uh, a fireman, a nurse, <laughs> and this Korean-American kid uh, who is literally in Koreatown protecting his stuff. Also, uh, Vanya, Vanya's family, their whole store burned down oh, during yeah, the riots. Yeah, so reading this section, I was just like, Vanya is my Hanai mom, and Vanya is also insanely cool and just fantastic. Insanely awesome. And just reading this, I'm like, dang, this woman is intense. Uh, dun, dun. But John Kim's narration. For the l- at least the 60th time, my father shows me where the safety is on the gun I'm holding with one major difference. This time he clicks it off. Oof. Yep, 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 mm-hmm. yep, yep. The sheriffs never abandoned the town in Western movies. It'd be un-American, but it's happening here. Oof. This, oof, okay. This is um, a group of people who, who <laughs> I'm already mad, who go in and um, break people. Mm-hmm. That's kind of, they're the goon squad. Basically, yeah. So they get in and get out. And so, like, they're doing a bunch of stuff and, like, they're breaking a bunch of bones and stuff um, of the gang. And he says, I have told my men it is remarkably like fast food. Just grab and go. Bend something back against itself and wait for the scream. Then pull until it pops. Then do it again. I'm like, ah, mm-hmm. <laughs> hate you. Ooh, I hate this as well. He or she will not take another deep breath again without thinking of you and how hard you hit. Change lives tonight. I hate how we use that phrase. Change lives tonight. Ugh, I do not approve. Ugh. It's, yeah. The different perspectives on death. Like, it's nice that it's not the same for everyone. Like, people feel different about, you know, people dying. People feel different about their friends. People feel different, like, even within the clique that we get to meet almost everybody in Fate's clique. I think everybody, yeah. actually. Yeah. And that everyone kind of has different relationships to each other yeah like who is kind of super respectful of big fate versus who's really respectful of ernesto even though he wasn't involved like who people kind of admire the most it's neat that everyone has a different connection yeah instead of just like i did 17 narrators and i pulled it off by not changing them very much it's like no these are 17 totally different people it's so cool because all of them are great except for one guy who I hate entirely. I so badly want this to be a show. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Okay. Here shows. This shows one of the great setups, and this is the beginning of one of the narrator's sections. One, spiders sinking their fangs into my eyeballs. Two, getting pitched pitched off the seven ten overpass and belly flopping onto the bed of an L.A. river so hard that all my bones break simultaneously. Three, finding a virgin city bus that no one ever graphed or scribed on before, parked in a layup, and I don't have any paint to write my name with, and also I don't have my mean streak or my scriber or anything. And then later it says, those are three things that scare me less than going to the house of... 
to the house Big Fate lives in. <laughs> oh, he's so good. Oh, I he's love him. Great. He has such great songs, and like I listened to one of them while I was reading because I was like, I can't focus on anything else. And it was great. It was like he was ta- describing the trumpets, and I'm like, oh my gosh, he thinks about music like I do. I can't. He's so, so great. <laughs> he gets. He gets it. Oh. Hey, I say to him and to everybody, and swipe off my headphones even though they're not on anymore because it's rude and i can't be looking rude around here never (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's correct (laughs) that is correct good job termite every puff of that shit is just running from the real pain i understand especially for ernesto i understand but i can't recommend it in my experience when you do your diligence and even after it's best to do it sober big Big bait bait. (laughs) (laughs) i just from like halfway through i'm like big fate well because fate Fate is uh, the smart one, yep. and trouble is the dumb one. Oh, I mean, that's an oversimplification, but I don't feel like trouble. It's oh, there's one line where um, Momo is talking about trouble. He's like, he's so stupid. <laughs> well, there's that line where he's like, he's smart, but he's not big fate smart. <laughs> Ayo. Or he thinks he's like clever, that Sherlock homeboy fate has. <laughs> it's like, oh, poor baby trouble. Oh, baby. Oh, here. I can't really believe how stupid he is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, more big fate. There's fires on top of fires, and they're spiraling into the sky like they're holding it up. Table legs, I call it. That's what the smoke looks like. Oh. Wow. <laughs> My gosh. Oh, here's one. Every other writer is weird in his own special ways. All of us are just some fucked up little smart kids born in the wrong places. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. <laughs> The badger's back, and he's going to town on my stomach with his claws so good that my heart freaks out and runs into my throat to get away from him, and it just sits there right on my Adam's apple, pounding. Mm, it's like a turtle's all the way down throwback. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oof. Yeah. Speaking like of, <laughs> let's just rough transition. Speaking of being born in the wrong places, what if you're in the wrong place at the wrong time? Oh my gosh. And a pair of shoes falls from a bridge and hits you on the head. Fair. That's right, kids. We're talking about holes. It's great. Uh, up. By far my favorite book to movie adaptation, no question. Oh, it's great. I love it. It's one that I am willing to watch at any point at any time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like I watched it last weekend. Mm-hmm. And even now I'm thinking, huh. Maybe we'll watch holes. Maybe we'll watch holes tonight <laughs> again. Uh-huh. Like we did last weekend. It was great. Oh, it's so great. Yeah, I think the only real thing they changed was uh, was having someone who was thin play caveman. Yeah. And it was like, for the audience, it was a safety thing. You can't have a kid lose weight that yeah. fast. Um, and they used real kids. They are clearly... They are clearly kids. Yep. Like, so very clearly, they look like children. Mm-hmm. So, for those of you who haven't seen it or haven't read the book, one, what? you're missing out. <laughs> what? Um, this is a... This is appropriate for children and definitely good for grown-ups, too. It's just it's fantastic. It's so great. Um, this kid who has a family curse that makes his family unlucky, mm-hmm. that you kind of are never sure if the family curse is real. Yeah. So it's not like this crazy thing, but it's like, mm, maybe. <laughs> maybe. So this kid with a family curse uh, gets wrongfully accused of a crime and is sent to a juvenile work camp to make good uh, good boys out of bad boys. <laughs> and what do you do at Camp Green Lake? You dig a hole. Five, Five feet, feet down, down, 
five feet around, your shovel is your measuring stick. <laughs> and uh, that's that's what they do. Yep. And so the <laughs> quest character. Mm-hmm. You're not looking, looking for, for anything. anything. It builds, builds character. character. <laughs> Except for it seems like they just might be looking for something for the warden who is played by Sigourney Weaver. Oh my gosh, it's so good. She's so good. Oh my gosh, there are so many points in that movie where you're just like... <gasps> Absolutely terrifying villain in the sense that you can totally believe this woman exists and is doing all of these yeah. terrible things yeah. to actual children in like... And getting away with it. Like, yeah. You, I can buy I that. I believe Sigourney Weaver's getting away with this. <laughs> I believe Sigourney Weaver. Yes, absolutely. The warden, the number one rule at Camp Green Lake, do not upset, upset the, the warden. warden. There. Oh, yeah, he seemed pretty uh, grumpy. Oh, no, Mr. Sir. <laughs> He's not the warden. <laughs> He's not the warden. <laughs> oh, Dr. Pendansky, the most useless. Yeah, it's it's a great not film. Not even a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it has such clean, there's a few different timelines going on, yeah. and the timeline transitions are really clean. You don't feel like you're getting information you shouldn't have, or yeah. missing information that you should have. Like, I don't feel like they're cheating with the timelines. Yeah, um, no. Like, it's a really well done story. It reminds me a little bit of, um, of like, I don't know how to put it an old school romance like an arthurian romance mm -hmm. so not a, a love story yeah but uh like a knight's tale or like yeah Makes the sense. adventures of yeah like it feels like a the adventures of story yeah. but set in the american west in a juvenile prison camp in like oh yeah the early 2000s what is not to like about that premise it is so good oh my gosh there's a scene where sigourney weaver picks up a jug of water and shakes it in someone's <laughs> face and says can you, you hear, hear the, the empty spaces, spaces? <laughs> and it's just <laughs> the biggest i just want to pick some people up and shake them and just go do you mm -hmm. hear the empty spaces mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh. so intense kissing kate barlow the big criminal of the movie all the girls are killing it and terrifying while all the boys are useless. <laughs> all the men are useless. All the, men, all the, boys, all the boys are great. Are, yeah, the boys are all great. X-ray, yes. twitch, zigzag. Twitch. Barf bag is bold. <laughs> Barf bag. <laughs> well, while I do not... He's not in the movie for very long, but you're like, that boy made an impression. <laughs> that boy is bold. <laughs> Armpit. Who else? Who else is really good? There, and I liked the workaround, because in the book, he's called Caveman... Because he's big. Like yeah. Stan because Stanley's fat. Yeah. And everybody at the camp only goes by their nickname. In the movie, they changed it to he accidentally gets in a fight with a really big, scary, older teenager. Yeah. And, like, kind of holds his own. Because it's, it's sort of clearly an accident. Yeah. Uh, but everyone who watches it doesn't see how it starts. So they just see him, like, standing yeah. up against this really big bully. And so they're like, all right, he's a caveman. Caveman. And it's and like, I like that. That's a, such a neat clean workaround yeah um who else is in this movie john voight shia labeouf before he was crazy yep you know just really what's not to like about holes it's so good oh my gosh yeah there's some parts of it that it's like mm, this was very much shot in the early 2000s yeah but even so it's like i can't fault it i really can't never like the pacing is so clean the soundtrack Oh my gosh, all of the music is great, and I love all of it. Like, mm -hmm. there's, like, a theme song, and it's so good, mm -hmm. and I want it. 
Mm-hmm. So good. I want to do a stage version of Holes. Yep. Uh huh. Yep. I want yep. it. It'd it, be great. It would be so great. What else is? I mean, everything's great about Holes. Um, I really like how. So now there's a lot of like indie music that sounds kind of folksy, mm-hmm. like Bon Iver and stuff like that. This has a lot of country indie. Yeah. Where like the vocals have effects and stuff, but you can tell country's the basis of it, and it's just yeah. like. This is such an energy, oh, such a, a mood. mood. Like, Big mood. There are songs on the Big whole soundtrack. Energy. Just like. Big country energy. Mm, Big sky energy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I. Oh, it's so good. It's just one of those movies that will be like, oh, I can watch this forever and always. Mm-hmm, obviously. Hey. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a classic when when I showed someone the movie, she like turned to me and like slapped me with this look of intense rage. Just like slapped me on the arm and was like, yeah. "How come you didn't tell me this movie was this good?" And I'm like, "I did. I tried. We did." And she's like, "But I didn't understand. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't possibly understand." And that's true. Uh, if you've missed holes and you're an adult listening to this podcast, don't worry. This movie falls firmly into the for ages like nine and up. Yeah. Like Monopoly. And if you're the kind of loser that's like, Monopoly says it's for nine-year-olds, go home. Go home. Go home. You're, you don't. Also, how did you make it to episode nine of this podcast? Yeah. Clearly... <laughs> <laughs> go home. Go home, pedant. You're drunk. Stop being <laughs> an ageist. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just, it's so good. It's so well done. And all of the characters are just like, yes, 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 yes. And it's just, wow. Yep. Yep. It's just, wow. And not, the characters are really not super overdone, which is really cool, too. Yeah, no. But they're just, wow. Yeah. There's a lot of kids' movies where the adults feel kind of overdone. And in this one, it's like, they're really not. Yeah. They're pretty like they're some are weird but they're not overdone yeah like stanley's family is like, like yep this is exactly what weird yeah poor european descendant families are like yeah like yep yep this is this is the family oh yeah that's exactly what they're like yep this is exactly this what this is it this is what weird con men are like this yeah. is what someone pretending to be a psychiatrist would act like yep like <laughs> yep uh yep oh. yep that moment wow. when Stanley goes to court and his suit doesn't even close. Oh to yeah! Fit. Oh, his suit is all big and like the arms are too big. Oh, and it's clearly say, his dad's. Yeah, like, and like they say, uh, Stanley, Stanley Yelnats, please rise, <laughs> and all three of them get up because uh, it's like a tradition where the boys are named Stanley Yelnats because their last name is uh. Yelnets and Stanley is Yelnet spelled backwards. Mm-hmm. It, it's a mood. It's a fun <laughs> surprise for later. Because <laughs> I'm not going to spoil the entire plot of Holes. Nope. But yeah, I mean, it. I, I honestly, it's hard to talk about Holes without just saying it's so good. But there's kind of, if I had a choice to watch just about any movie, like Holes, Princess Bride, like it's... Holes is right up next to Princess Bride, but instead of being a fairy tale like with princes and castles and stuff, it's a it's a western. Yeah. And it's it's a juvenile western and it's friggin' baller. 
It's only rated <laughs> PG, and they somehow managed to make everything feel real and intense. Yeah. Because uh, even the threat of a threat toward children feels just as real. Yeah. Um, and the fact that they keep the scale realistic, like, yeah. what is... Ha- like, it's not a torture thing. No. Like, it's not the kind of thing where you'd be like, this feels unrealistic. It's that fine line of, like, this is exactly what would happen if yeah. you were trying to get away with something and you wanted to get away with it for a long time. Yeah. For a long time. <laughs> like, this is this is not someone who gets off on hurting children. This is someone who has an ulterior motive and She's needs the children. She's got a plan. And she needs the children to work. Mm-hmm. To dig holes. Hey, I thought it, it's just to build character. They say that so many yeah. times. It's to build character. We're going to go back to the digging of individual holes. You take... A bad boy, make him dig some holes, you turn him into a good boy. Mm-hmm. Once again, showing that the prism system does not work. Uh, but Holes is essentially an incarceration story. Yep. And all involved is very much a humanizing criminals without apologizing for them. Yeah. Which brings me to the music of the week. Ooh. It is a compilation album put out by Distant Voices, which is in Scotland. Oh, and so good. It's so good. Let's just pause for Scotland. <laughs> Let's just pause for Scotland. <laughs> Thank you, Scotland. <laughs> Thank you for being there. Thank you for uh, making sure that the Romans could not cross the wall. Thank you. Thank you for continuing to remind the British that they are small. <laughs> yep. Uh, and thank you for your amazing hospitality when I was in Scotland, and I can't wait to take Rory. Yeah. Um, not known at this address. It's fantastic. Background on it. Uh they got a bunch of Scottish musicians and songwriters to talk to prisoners who had submitted their their life stories, basically. Mm-hmm. And they would co-write these songs with, with uh, prisoners about the prisoners' lives. And then these artists performed them. Um, and I found out about it because one of my favorite musicians, Emma Pollock, who mm-hmm. I realized mm-hmm. has the vocal range of, like, a toy piano, and yet <laughs> somehow has put out, like, seven albums Wow. Without the song sounding sounding um, yeah. at all like, oh, yeah, okay, this sounds exactly like this other song. Right. Like, I just want to throw out, that's so innovative. Shout out. To be like, <laughs> I'm going to, like, I don't have a huge range and I'm going to use musicality yeah. to make the song unique instead of just like, and this is where I sing super high. Yeah. Any hoozle. Um, <laughs> yeah, I found it through her and just all of the songs are great and the storytelling is fantastic. Do you have a favorite song from this? Um, I don't know. Hmm. I I struggle hmm. with picking a favorite because I understand it's people's stories. Yeah. So it's more of like this is the song. These are the songs that grab me the most. Yeah. Which doesn't mean it's it's not necessarily about the story. It's more about like the the storytelling synchronized with yeah. the story they were telling. Um, open door, an open door, yeah, is one of my favorites. It's so just so catchy, just wow. It's catchy. Um, Emma's song, I won't follow him to the grave, Ooh. which is uh, about a younger. It's a younger brother talking about how he copied his older brother and everything, including like crime. Yeah, but his older brother committed suicide, and that's the one thing he won't do. Yeah, and it's like. Eh. And then <laughs> Dining Room Hospital, which is somebody talking <sighs> about uh, a family member dying and spending time with them. And I'm just like, 
<laughs> I don't I don't have the capacity to feel this. Um, but it's extremely humanizing and I'm just blown away. This album came out this year and I'm just like I keep coming back to it. Yeah. My favorite might be the man I used to be. Oh, man I used to be is fantastic. That's so good. They're all good. There's only like one song on here that I kind of am a little likely to skip. Mm-hmm. And even then it's only if I'm really not feeling it, like most of the time I'll just I'll listen to it. So even yeah. if you're not super interested in prison narratives or or you know he, make remembering that people who are behind bars are in fact human beings, even yeah. if uh, common decency isn't your thing, this <laughs> is a great mixtape. <laughs> so even if common decency isn't your thing, uh, great music, great mixtape. Mm-hmm. It's doing good. Yeah, and uh, also a great introduction to a lot of Scottish uh, musicians that I didn't know. Yeah, because there's a long story to how I got into the <laughs> Scottish <laughs> indie scene. <laughs> It doesn't need to be on this podcast yet. Yeah. Yet. <laughs> yet is the key word. Yeah. I think I think if there's a week we talk about uh, one of Emma's whole albums, then I'll. But, yeah. but uh, when there's a week. Yeah. It's it's excellently done. Um, and I believe the the prisoners also collaborated on the, the tracks, um, not only with lyric writing, but like did something yeah. in the tracks whether that was sing a harmony or play right. a drum or whatever so it's really cool um and it's one of the coolest projects i've seen of this nature yeah because it's, it's so cool. like straightforward and it is very each artist tells the story in the first person yeah so it's not a ballad about like there's a guy he did bad things it's like emma's song is is clearly a male prisoner yeah. and yet she sings it as her like I am telling this story. Yeah. Um, and it, it works really well. Yeah. It's just, how do people come up with these ideas? Yeah. Well, and I, whoever, whoever approved this idea, kudos to you, because a lot of people have great ideas to how to make, yeah. you know, all three of these things. And we've been wanting to do this episode for a while. Yeah. Like with all three of these things together. Remembering that, that people who do the wrong thing are still human beings. Yeah. It's an uncomfortable thought until you realize that it's so much better because it's so much more hopeful. Yeah. Like justice is fantastic, but, uh, but redemption is better. And that doesn't need to necessarily be just a religious sentiment. Yeah. Like justice is great, but also if there are ways to remember that people are still human and like bizarrely treating people like human beings often makes them act more human. Yep, bizarre. Um, bizarre. You know that we can that we can make our communities are better and and more merciful without necessarily being more unjust. Yeah, and kind of seeing the reasons behind that. I'm on a soapbox, and I'm going to finish it off with a a Tupac thing, where somebody <laughs> was talking about how t- to him. I don't have the quote, but he uh, he said basically like you don't understand. People get guns because they don't feel safe. Like it's not about wanting to be in a gang. It's about this is like. It, it's a war zone where we are. Yeah. And you make the choices you have to make. Um, so, yeah. that That's my soapbox. Oh. Dismount. 10 out of 10 gymnastics. I'm great. Hate <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>, me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. They're all so great. And I've been very excited for this episode for a long time. Just because I like all these things. Like, mm-hmm. very much. They're all very good. And I just really like, hmm, yes. It, it, yeah. Yep. 
I really like learning about these types of things and like kind of reading into these and getting a little little sense of things mm-hmm. from a different view. Yeah. It's interesting too because Holes and All Involved both definitely deal with racism. Yeah. Um, and not in some like pat we've solved it but like yeah. it's a part of it and then holes and not known at this address really really talk about the way that you lose your humanity if you're too deep in the system yeah um like there's a character in holes a kid that they're willing to make disappear yeah. because they know no one cares about him yeah and it's just like excuse me <laughs> uh what <laughs> i'm sorry what and uh, and I mean, all involved is like that too, where where people talk about whether or not they'll be remembered and like what they'll be remembered for and how long they'll be remembered and and whether it matters and stuff. And it's just like, oh. yeah, there's a point where s- somebody talks about legacy, mm-hmm. just ooh. ooh, yeah, and like somebody just wants to be remembered. Everybody yeah. just wants to be remembered. Yeah, or the big tag for Ernesto. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because cause you know, someone will wonder who Ernie was and why, who loved him so much to put it there kind of thing. And then somebody did later in the book. And then somebody did. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I am really happy that we did this episode. Yeah. We had a lot of all-involved quotes, a lot of us saying, Holes is so great. I mean, really, if you've seen any movie with Sigourney Weaver, imagine her playing a villain and it's her first villain role on a film. And so she has this underlying nervousness about whether or not the plan is going to work the whole film. And John Voight being John Voight. (laughs) Okay. Do you understand? You need to see this movie. It's great. Do you understand yet? Understand. Understand now. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. 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 Also, everyone is, uh, everyone looks correct. Yeah, that's a weird thing to say, but like, oh yeah, the cast is super diverse. Not everyone is super handsome. Not everyone is ugly either. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, it feels like this world is right. (laughs) Yeah, this world is populated by humans. Some of them are pretty. Not all of them. Yeah, and some of them like it's a thing that they're pretty. Like kissing Kate Barlow. Like she's pretty. Mm -hmm. Sam is pretty. Sam. Sam. And also, they the kids have the nicknames. Every uh, you know, in all involved, everyone has nicknames too. They did a great job with casting holes so that the nick you see the kid and you're like, yep, yeah, that's the one. Like if you've read the book, you see the kid on screen, you're like, oh, I know which one's which immediately. Yeah, um, which is fantastic. And uh, wow, I can't, I can't uh, unthink. Maybe we need to watch that, but there is an alternate movie, so we should probably wrap it up. Which means I need to ask you a question. What is your wreck of the week? My wreck of the week is uh, two songs from this album called two-player game uh-huh by uh george salazar and joe iconis mm-hmm. yep and two songs they're all great but like two of them are wow and that is uh the answer and the last one kaboom just wow listening to that is a huge mood mm-hmm. and i was in that mood last night so i felt like this was maybe the right time to wreck it I like that. I I love me a good compilation album. Yeah, no, they're great. And I really, when this album came out, I was super excited because I love George Salazar's voice mm-hmm. so much because um, I had listened to him doing a few different things and I just, I loved his voice so much that I just wanted more. And th- then there were more. And so it also includes, um, I believe, two songs. Yeah, two songs from 
the album that I first saw. So like his solo and one duet that he has in that show, mm-hmm. which is uh, Be More Chill. And so he there's two of those. And then there's some other songs that he didn't sing in that show. And then there's a song from like a random Broadway show. And then there's some just other songs and they're all great. And yeah. I love that. That's fantastic. It's a very great like mix of songs. Mm-hmm. Like it's not a playlist. It's a mix. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I like that rec. All right. I have a recommendation. Ooh. And it's uh, we're going to go back to the writer's corner. <gasps> and we're going to I'm going to wreck an entire writer again. <gasps> Up and coming African-American female writer Gabrielle Lawrence who I also, I met in college and we had the same mentor, but she didn't do her master's at APU. Uh Um, And basically in one of the best things I've ever heard about, because, Hey, I have ears and eyes everywhere. Just kidding. He said it to my best friend to her face, knowing that (laughs) she would probably pass it along. It was like those, these three writers are kind of like your, they get stuff done writers. Yeah. So not necessarily the most talented, but definitely like we get, we we can create things consistently. Um, so I've recommended Catherine Ross before. Uh-huh. Gabby is the other one. So right. it was me, Gabby, and Catherine. And I was oh, like, cool. oh my gosh. Gabby and Catherine, I'm on their level. S- good good Dr. Clark. I think you may. Good mm. sir. Good sir. That's my little self plug. I love <laughs> I, I'm I hate me. Gabby. So <laughs> um, two things. One, her Twitter is great. It's mm. Gabrielle underscore L. But her name changes all the time. And right now it's your tired ass ponytail. Oh, hey. Hey, she's so fun. Um, Her tweets are great. Everything's great. She's very big on like being vulnerable, but also sarcastic. Right. Um, I want to say she's a Capricorn. That should, but (laughs) I could be wrong. Sorry, Gabs. Uh, But also her poetry is fantastic. She does not play nice with uh, the history of racism in America. She just did a poem, Sap. Um. It's about lynchings. Ooh. And oh my gosh. I was like, I'm ne- I'm sitting. I need to sit on the floor. I'm like, sitting and I need to sit lower. Yeah. I need to lay down. Entirely. It's, yeah. Her writing is really good and, and very powerful. So I will put a link to her website. She just got one of those uh, in the show notes. But Gabrielle yeah. Lawrence, fantastic poet. Also, her research is just great. So. What a champ. Just a large, overwhelming wow. Yeah. Gotta you gotta love those writers that are just like, mm, punches, I don't pull them. <laughs> I'm extra. Extra, extra, read all about it. Extra, extra, read all about it. Do you want to say? Roll credits. Our theme song is Downtown Love by Reese from his EP, It's Okay to Be Sad, and we love having theme music to use, so thank you, Reese. This podcast is produced and edited by Heidi. Both Heidi and I do pre-production by reading and watching and listening to all of the things. If you're enjoying the show, leave us a review on iTunes. If you're really enjoying the show, support it by becoming a patron through uh, Patreon. Mm -hmm. And uh, thank you to I Have Your Music, where we record all of of these things. Mm -hmm. And for equipment and all. Well, Heidi Music is great. They're so nice. I Check it out. And they have really great employees. Just <laughs> <laughs> She is one of them. I still hate me. Okay, bye. Okay, <laughs> bye.